0: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice
1: America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com.
0: All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard.
2: Hey, I am your host. You are listening to Waking Up in America, our American Cafe dynamic radio dialogues on life today in America. And we want to thank our sponsors, EmergencyManagementSolutions.org. Big Dude over there, CW, is the president of that company, also known as EMS Global One. Sir Jason Winter T, LA Lifestyle, and uh, uh, Bless ProTandin, that wonderful, that wonderful little pill I take in the morning that returns my blood productivity, health, and all of that good stuff to the age of 20. CW, right, is our. Uh, co-producer, vice president, and co-host. Good morning, C.W.
0: Good morning. So I understand you're still on the
2: pill, right? (laughs) And this one I'm going to stay with for a long time. Diane doesn't know this yet, but at 72, I decided that I would... I, I was enjoying being here, and we ran into – I call him Doc Snarf. We ran into Doc Snarf and found out about ProTandin, and I started taking it. And after 30 years of not playing racquetball, I started doing that again because I had a choice about whether to, quote, get old – or whether to enjoy my life. And I chose enjoying my life, and I made a whole series of choices, of which Protandon was one of them. We want to invite you to visit our website at wakingupinamerica.com. And if you missed the live show today, we'll actually be playing on Wednesday, 2 p.m. Pacific. And I was trying to explain something to CW about intention and all of that kind of good stuff when a book showed up called Do You quantum think and I thought that was probably a result of my intention what do you think I have Diane Collins here, author of that book what do you think Diane
1: I think that is a perfect <laughs> that's a perfect result of your intention eventually you know the interesting thing and I make a distinction between intent and intention intention being an end goal that takes place uh according to action, you know, a a directed set of actions, and intent being more vibrational, intent, what you hold, I would say, in the tone of your being, where intent attracts many results consistent with it. So, you know, we're always holding something vibrationally in our being that is attracting the results in our life that gives us our experience moment by moment that attracts in the people who we connect with or not. And the, the point of it is, and I love the name of your, uh, the show or the network waking up, waking up because when you wake up to this is the primary dynamic of creation for human beings that we've been endowed with, then you learn to use it consciously rather than just letting the default thing run its run its course. So when you have, so I just wanted to make that distinction, <laughs> Val. But I okay. love that you had the intention because you want CW to become aware of a lot of the the. Uh, I guess you could call it transformational work, consciousness work that you're into. He,
2: just, he really does a lot of this stuff just naturally. He And so does everybody else as far as I can tell. They just don't understand. Uh, we we just frequently don't understand how it is that we accomplish something. We think that it has to do with an ABC linear thing. And um, you and I were talking before the show about landmark education. I had a... I had a really remarkable experience with a man named Janandra Jen, Jen who um, I know him. Do you? So I love I, him. I every time I'm around that gentleman, he was uh, Muktananda. I think he was his, Right, his, he
1: was the translator for Swami yep. Muktananda, who's one yeah. of my teachers. <laughs> mhm.
2: So I actually, you know, helped him in a seminar and stuff like that was things of that nature. I was supposed to be his assistant and show him around. He didn't want to be shown around. He knew exactly where he was going. <laughs> he
1: was very well, you patient. know what? I have that's right, right. <laughs> but at least he played the role with you. Well, what happened is I was in one of the uh, seminars at that time with and I just want to say that my book is not about landmark edu- education, but landmark which is great. In itself, but it's one of the transformational experiences that, you know, highly recommend it. But what happened is when I was looking at that, what happened is I read an article on quantum physics and it was actually an interview in Yoga Journal with Dr. Fred Allen Wolf who became a good friend and he wrote the foreword to my book, Do You Quantum Think? New Thinking That Will Rock Your World. And what happened is, I realized when he was talking about infinite possibility that that particular perspective of Werner Earhart's and what he put forth, which was a, you know something that really uh, has so many you know positive uh, benefits to people and organizations and, and movements in the world, but that that was one sliver one possible reality in the universe of infinite possibility and then for somehow that led me because i was thinking well i don't agree with everything he says so if i don't agree with it but this is so powerful well then either he's wrong or i'm wrong in some way and what i but realized
2: neither of you were wrong
1: right neither of us are wrong and that that was just once, as I'm saying. I looked at it; it was like a line, you know. If you had <laughs> this infinite line of possibility, possible realities, and that kind of led me to creating the quantum think uh, so system of thinking. But I wanted <laughs> to tell you this real quick thing about uh, Janandri. What, what is his name? Janandri Jan. Jean. Jan, right? Because I actually refer to him in a quick anecdote in in Do You Quantum Think? And I didn't name him, but it was actually about him. You're so intuitive, Val. It's amazing. But what happened is I was in this seminar with him, and I heard that he was the uh, the translator for this great meditation master, Swami Muktananda, one of my great teachers who passed uh, over in 1982, the head of Siddhi Yoga, who succeeded by Guru Mai. But anyway... And I thought, wow, he was with the meditation master, right? For all those years. I've got to see him on the break and I gotta learn about meditation. So I go running up to him. I go, Chandra, I have a question I have to ask you. I said, what? I said, Can you tell me about meditation? He said, Well, do you meditate? I said, Yes. He said, well then, you know more about it than I do. <laughs> that was it. I
2: love it. I totally love it. But here's what I have to tell you: up in uh, up in San Francisco and California Street, which were the headquarters, um, when when back in the '80s, when you took the forum, they would they would nominate one or two people from the forum, and they would send them to something called openings. And Janandra was the one that introduced us. We go up there for four days to be in, quotes, the space. And I was standing up in the room and I was asking him a question about something and all of a sudden I felt it was almost like a spotlight from God or something came down. I was illuminated all around myself and I was looking at him through this whole thing going, what in the heck is happening here? And I was talking to him. I realized that I had stepped into a field. It wasn't... Prior to that, I thought intention was something I did. Okay, in that moment I understood that intention was something that I accessed and I don't remember what he said that triggered it, what well, was astounding to me to be in this this particular space. And then after a while I kind of like drifted it out again and I wasn't sure how I'd gotten there and I knew that somehow due to his frequency I had stepped into a space with him.
1: Exactly. And, and you know go ahead. <laughs>
2: You little eager beaver you. Um, so CW, what I wanted, wanted you to know was is that once we step into a particular space, that, that which we're lining up for just shows up for us. And I had that moment in 1984. I also did, Diane, the very last S training. And I also mm-hmm. did the very first forum training. Mm-hmm. And I also did the very last seven-day management training mm-hmm. up in Santa Rosa. But what was happening in all of those things was that I saw there was something outside of what i call thinking okay it was like being in a space uh, accessing a space and i developed a work called directed breath and you can you um, listeners can check that out at drvalerie.com, and that's d-o-c-t-o-r-v-a-l-e-r-i-e.com and what that's all about is that i realized that if i was ruminating on my pains and of the past that i actually couldn't access Intention. I couldn't access that space. And I say that to do quantum thinking, you actually have to be able to step out of your story and create a new one. So I'm very good
1: at that. You know what? This is so interesting that you brought that up, Val, because last night I was talking with my husband, Alan Collins. He's also my business partner in quantum think. That's handy. Yeah. (laughs) In many ways. It's fantastic, actually. But... You know, we're talking about this, this space that you're talking about, this field, and all the different ways that people uh, speak about it, um, and that really is, the access point, that's why I make a distinction between intent and intention. As you said, intention, like you thought it was a course of action, and then you end up with a goal. You know, that's the what I call the old worldview thinking. Uh, and that intent is how the shamans uh, use it. That vibrational frequency, but so you say, well, what is that vibrational frequency? Well, it, you know, how does intent work? And you're quite right, you know, in Do You Quantum Think, I'd say it's actually quantum think is designed to take you beyond thinking. So it includes thinking, but not just the cognitive mentation, you know, the conceptual, but this field where we are accessing. The what you want, ever want to call it, infinite intelligence, uh, the God field, the void, whatever you want to call it, but the way that I have a distinction in quantum thing called zero-point state, that when the energy comes to rest in your mind that you you connect or I heard one of the reconnection, this is what brought up my husband's and my conversation last night, because we were listening to some of your shows and you were talking to the gentleman who does the reconnection, Eric Eric Pearl's work, and it's kind of, that's an access into the state, or in zero point state, the distinction in, in the system of quantum thinking, there's a practice for the mind and awareness, and the practice is meditation. Now, we know there are many, many uh, forms of meditation that you can take, and I like to think of that we can live in a walking, talking, living meditation because, as what you're saying, Val, that's where we access our power to create, and that's where when you clear the static on the radio of your own being we're really a connection you know like it's like what is that state well you can't define it and it's multi-dimensional but i think of it and that's i like their you know the way they call it the reconnection but we're really we're connecting in so when you Start to master your mind. You know, my publisher picked out one call outline from my book. When you master your mind, you master your life. That's really the heart of the matter because you can learn all these creation principles, you know, the the steps, the this, seven steps, yeah, yeah, three steps, the six yeah. steps, and they're all good. But I if you to can't master us. your mind.
2: I, I don't want them to master their minds, okay? I want them to clear their minds and not even have to work on mastering it. Well, if they clear their if if they clear their charges, if, if human beings clear the charges of all the things that they're holding from the past, what you were talking about will just automatically occur. You don't have to do you don't have to do anything. It'll show up.
1: Well, that that Cause the, is it changes nice
2: our frequency. We clear our past, our frequency goes up. Our frequency goes up and we're available, we're in the quantum world.
1: That's true, and I know you live in that world because I could tell by listening. I thought, wow, Val's a natural quant thinker, but let me just
0: say. It wasn't natural. I
2: literally took 50 years of my life, 60 years of my life, and I, I worked on forgiving the past and doing whatever that took because every single thing from the past that we're still holding on to has its frequency. And the moment we clear that frequency, I just want people to get that the the job is to let go of the past and to open up your heart, and automatically you're going to get it. The word mastery to me, Diane, I'm sorry, it just sounds like work.
1: Well, but I it's just wanted not. to make that distinction. I'd like to give you the premise of quantum <laughs> thinking. <'cause laughs> I for know it. you got the book and the writing was small, but. <laughs> Uh, it's okay, everyone. You can get the Kindle edition. Make the writing as big as you want, and the, you know the, the that is, is an idea. By the way, <laughs> well, yeah, because it's good to have both. Because my book has a certain frequency, and uh, the book, by the way, is in two parts. Part one, waking up. It's not waking up. I've got that from your show. Part one is called Wake Up. Why should we quantum think? You know, okay, what's quantum saying? here, what's going on in the world since, you know, the history of civilization is we've got all this great advice, like what you just gave, Val, and all this wisdom from every tradition and all the how-tos and the, you know, shelves are overflowing with them, if there are any bookstores, you know, whatever bookstores are left, and that we're still not living it. There's still the discrepancy. So this is where my questioning began. It's like, okay, if the Buddha said, you know, all that you are is a result of what you've thought, and the Upanishads and the Bible, and other, as a man thinketh in his heart. So there is, you know, there's something to thinking if you, think, if you imagine thinking in the broadest sense. So it's like, well, how come we're still not doing it? If all you had to do is, you know, do what you're saying, just clear the energy field. Hey, really? <laughs> you well, you said I
2: have it. Okay, I have it because I did that, and everybody I know that's done that in some form or another, they have quantum thinking.
1: Okay, that's good. There are many access points. So what uh, what what I'm offering, or what you yes, know, the work yes, that came yes, through yes. me, is a way to do it instantaneously. Because this is you, not this is book is based on work that my husband and I have been doing for the past more than 15 years. It works. You know what? You know, we, so You're going to not, have to tell
2: us what 21 plus 1 is, because I think that's time for that now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, I want to give you just the premise. The premise is this. I've re- realized that we imagine we think freely. We all like to think, we're independent thinkers, we're choosing our thoughts. We have the possibility of choosing our thought every moment. But what I discovered is when you start to study the principles of the universe, like everything else, our thinking takes place in a system, as a system, and it's based in the prevailing world view, which gives the language. So even the, it's not only shaping what we think, it's shaping what we're able to think. And the I example I that. use is quantum leap. Well, we never had that word in the language until 1927 after, you know, this quantum physicist realized energy moves not in a smooth, continuous flow, but in birth. The, you know, Max Planck called it quanta, packets of this, whatever it is. And so from that, that language, and filters into our, it, well, it. They create new language, quantum. It filters into our language and into our thinking and into the public mind it becomes now a colloquial, everyday expression. Oh, that was a quantum leap. Anything discontinuous right. with the past. So what I realize is that we're in a quantum age where we have, as you know, so much more up-to-date and accurate knowledge, yet our thinking and our institutions that are shaped by that thinking are still predominantly shaped by the industrial age, which said universe is machine, quantum age says universe is mind, industrial age said everything can be broken reduced to its parts and see how it works together, cause and effect. Quantum age says everything is quantumly connected beyond time, backwarded forward through time beyond you know physical dimension, and including it and the thing about it is you, I look at it's like not about, quantum thinking is not about science it's about well how the discoveries of science. Shape the way we think, so if we're all very much conditioned by this old world view I call it for short affectionately it's still a good worldview, but you know it's limiting us now because it's in predicting control either or yeah only the physical is real I've heard you say many times you know people say I'll oh, believe it when I see it <laughs> right. that comes from. Our whole orientation is around the physical five senses. We never learn in traditional education, not yet, it will come, that mind is the basis of reality, not matter. And you know, obviously they changed. You didn't so you did the this rest is the it. premise. And so what I'm saying is Rather than wait, and I wonder if you and I read that same, I heard you say the uh, Mr. Einstein's Universe. I read this book, Dr. Einstein and the and the Universe. It's very, very old. It'll age me. By 1978. Lincoln. Oh, <laughs> this one, I don't know. Maybe it was by Lincoln Barnett. Is that the one? No.
2: no there's
1: uh, this probably the, This many. one was
2: The Universe and Dr. Einstein.
1: Well, this one I don't remember exact, but it was by Lincoln Barnett, and he wrote in the foreword. He said, well, you know, here was Albert Einstein, and he was about the most famous scientist in our modern age. And yet, few people really knew what the heck did he say, right? And so what he was saying at that time, I mean, he wrote this book in the 50s, actually, that it could take, of course, this time is much different now in our, you know, tel, you know digital age. But he said at that time, well, it could take 50 to 100 years for the discoveries of science to reach the public mind and awareness. Well, now we know, you know, it's much quicker. But the point, so I thought, well, wait a minute. If I could put all these principles together and then show how, Quantum science is now verifying the fund you know the basic universal spiritual wisdom at the heart of all spiritual traditions. then we can take a literal quantum leap in consciousness that's how it works because you cannot see the new worldview thinking from the old world view that's where people get tripped up, even what I call the consciousness crowd because it's like they're still in the either or not recognizing it, and then trying to apply, you know, subtle energy, the reconnection, you know, all the God's principle, but from the old limited view. And so when I call mastery, I'm talking about being able to step into the more up-to-date, principles. These are the 21 plus 1 principles that I call quantum think distinctions. Let, me, let me interrupt
2: you for a minute here, go ahead. Diane. One of the things that I kind of expected you to say, so I want to say it now because I think it's really important, is uh, people say when I, um, when I see it, I'll believe it. And in quantum, it's when I believe it, I'll see it.
1: That's right. But in quantum thinking, it's not a belief. Because in qu- when you oh, quantum that's why think, you didn't
2: say it, right? Well,
1: let me tell you You know, we need you to let
2: CW get in here because we've been talking for 25 minutes, and he Okay, to be I'm peep. sorry.
1: I just wanted to make one tweak on the belief word, okay? Sure. And then sure. I would love to hear what CW has to say about everything. Really. <laughs> that instead of set in quantum, in from the quantum world view, you realize there are no fixed realities. Nothing is absolute. That's the uncertainty principle from Werner Heisenberg. And, you know, anyway, so if there is no way that he is, she is, it is, they are, the government is, you know, the banking, you know, the investment bankers are, or your wife or husband is, then we how do, how do we land on any of these realities is that it's according to our intent. So it's not even a belief, because a belief is still in the old world view. What which would you call it then? Intent. It's a power of intent. Just, because Okay, so the power of intent? That's the observer effect, or as okay. I say it real quick. What you bring is what you get. So, a belief, bad. I
2: like that. I like that. What
1: you bring is what you get. What the the assumptions, the intent that you bring to every meeting with every person you ever meet with, that is shaping the field.
2: Totally. Totally. The totally. The relational totally.
1: field, and that shape, and that ends up being your results. That's
2: totally true. I'm sending it over to C W because I'm sitting here C W with my cup of Sir Jason Winter tea, which is sweetly sweet.
0: You know, well, I, I've actually know. been enjoying mine and listening to this conversation because this is really a learning mode for me at the moment. And uh, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to catch up with the conversation. <laughs> and it seems to me that, Diane, your principles are simply, uh, and I'm not saying they're simple. Don't get me wrong. It's like using the word mastery a while ago. I think it wasn't a noun. It was more of a verb. This mm-hmm. requires a, an action. And it seems to me that it, it's a it, it, it's simply a paradigm shift in your thinking and your style of thinking. So that that's probably the biggest thing people have to come over and uh, get over is that you know make that shift to the right or left or whatever it takes using your principles to take them to a um, shall I say a higher level of thinking, and that allow them to be or me be more efficient and effective in my thought? Is, is, is Am I getting well, this right?
1: I think you're brilliant because <clears throat> that's exactly what it is. It's a paradigm leap. I call it, it's a leap. I don't know about a shift, but either one. It doesn't make any difference. But the point is, and that's exactly you're right on, C.W., that what, what I'm saying, which is a little bit different is that, or added to, and it's like, uh, you know, I use the word expansion in thinking. Mm. Is that, because we're not, yeah. If the, otherwise it's an either or, right? Oh, old worldview thinking is no right, good. Right, right. New worldview thinking is good. Well, old worldview thinking is good because that industrial age taught us how to analyze, how to categorize, how to, you know, organize, how to conceptualize. But if we stay only in that view, it's
2: a trap. totally
1: limiting us. That's why we're stuck and we, we we can't, you know, we're in this divisive either or. So you're right on, C.W. So the point is that it's a system. Okay. When we realize, oh, this is an expansion in the system of thinking, and it's not just The how-to steps. See, the old world learning is how-to. They're separate from you. Where I'm saying in one of the principles in quantum think is called the art of distinguishing a new world view of learning. And that is to bring something into your awareness in such a way that it instantaneously shifts, transforms your relationship to whatever it is, past, present, and future, and it immediately integrates. So this is learning quantum leap style, CW. That's why you'll like it, <laughs> rather than because <laughs> I know how busy you are, and you know you, you, we were talking about that before. How it's just you know even finding the time to sit down and, and read and, and learn things, but it's an when it's an instantaneous shift rather than taking something so it's coming from the inside out because it's becoming aware of something in you in such a way that it's now, you know, front and center. And it's integrated rather than trying to take information, knowledge as information, outside of you and then figuring, well, what were the steps again, you know, and how come I can't get to do it? This is integration, embodying it, becoming a walking, talking, living version of wisdom. The wisdom is living in you, alive in you, as you.
0: I like this because it seems like to me. Based, I'm based in uh, uh, my next statement on thirty—the last thirty years of business. Thirty years ago, it was a faster world than it was previously, 30 years. Today is light speed greater, greater light speed in in business and in personal lives than it was just 30 years ago. It seems like today's world demands faster people to be faster, more accurate. It seems like the principles that you're offering here allow you to work in that environment with speed and accuracy. Is, is, is that correct? Would that be a That's correct statement?
1: That's exactly, because, you know, I say it like this. There's, you know, why should we, quantum thing? Three conditions that you're bringing up, one of the, the most important one. One is the acceleration of the pace of change. Now, in science, you know, we all experience that, as you're saying, because of the technology and everything. Well, it's actually a scientific fact that the pace of change is accelerating. The evolution is accelerating, and it's not going to slow down. According to, to how do you explain basis. that? What? How do you explain that? This
2: acceleration. There is a scientific
1: accelerate for it, but I can't remember exactly what it well, was. When but, I started
2: uh, reading um, Einstein's book, and I <laughs> I realized that all over these years that I knew that his formula was E equals MC squared. Right but I never understood what that meant. I was just proud of myself for knowing it.
1: And that's I think the that voice. What we're t-
2: I think that what we're talking about actually has something to do with E equals mc squared, energy equals mass times light. So there's something occurring in the universe that's speeding everything up, and I think what you're offering is uh, a way for us to be comfortable in that acceleration.
1: Yeah, because you've got now – let me show you how this works, because well, there are two other things – the speeding up of things, and the second thing is the increasing complexity of life and choices, right, which is... Yeah, totally. Uh, ...unbelievable. You know, each, every person has, you know, 25 identities on the Internet <laughs> <Really>? alone. <laughs> At least. And then the third thing is the unfathomable uncertainty that occurs daily. So because we're in this great transitional time, you know, you never know what's going to show up. So... Now, think of how we were conditioned to think. I mean, CW is, un- <laughs> is unbelievable. Then I want to get back to the M- E equals MC squared, too. But think of how our, our thinking is conditioned by the industrial age view that said linear logic, straight line. Time moves in one line, and it's you know measured only one way. Well, we're still living in chronological time. But you see, if you are trying to catch up step by step now it's not like we're consciously thinking of this it's like we're being this if you're trying to catch up step by step to an accelerating pace well guess what's going to happen you're going to trip burn out right
2: you're going to trip you're, <laughs> you're going to trip and burn,
1: burn out you're exhausted, you're going to give up, you're going to want to cut 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 everything out of your life rather than try to figure out how to integrate it and live multidimensionally as I call it. And so that's what hap- that's why this leap to the new way, this new framework for thinking is so important as as CW and you know Val I know, you know, as you're pointing out. Because if you can one of the quantum think distinctions is called beyond time we don't have a word for it in our language but if you start to live to start to notice the practices to notice the concepts of time you live in so a concept of time would be for example scarcity there's not enough time but when you realize That So I call it, you can use time, chronological time, as a tool rather than time being a tyrant of you. So instead of living at the effect of chronological time, you go into the space that you're talking about, Valerie, of you go into that space that is beyond time, and you are in a state of awareness where now you can use chronological time to your advantage rather than being knocked out by it. Or harried. (laughs) And you start to think from infinite possibility, because people think another concept, well, I can't be in two places at one time. But in today's world, you actually can. And so there's always a way Oh, when you start to think from infinite possibility, rather than, this is, oh, I know what I forgot to tell you about the old worldview, is that it's called the classical mechanical worldview. That's the official name of the industrial age science, classical mechanical worldview. So you think, well, how did that map onto us, you know, mechanical? Well, in the world, it gave rise to machines. Great, genius. Well, when it maps on to human beings, in many ways, we became automatic, too. So we have these automatic thoughts, automatic approaches to things. What I borrowed the term from science, least action pathways. What keeps us from thinking from infinite possibility? Least action pathways the way the energy goes because it's been that route before, and I think that's what you were talking about, clearing, Val.
0: Mm-hmm. So, but
1: when mm-hmm. you make this as a distinction in language, and it has no meaning, so let's say, you know, one of the problems that people have today is they have a thought, and they think it's their thought. <laughs> they Rather think it's than, real, too. <laughs> they think it's real. They think it's the truth. They think it's who they are, and I look at it as, it's just visiting you. Most of the thoughts that we have, we did not choose, because none of us would choose to have a thought, I'm not good enough, right? So Unless the, you'd
2: heard it a lot of times.
1: Well, even then, that's where the old world view of belief. You see, if you no, start but the to point believe your If I
2: tell you on a daily basis that you're disappointing and that you're no good, we have a tendency to give away our, our um, point of view to others because we give them more power over us. So-
1: exactly. So when you're quantum thinking, you realize just because somebody tells you something, just because you have a thousand years of evidence for that the Earth is the center of the galaxy, it doesn't make it the truth, you see. So somebody could tell you that for 20 years of your life. But when you're quantum thinking, you realize, oh, well, how does the nature of nature really work? The quantum reality, what we know at the edge today, you know, it'll probably continue to evolve, of course, our knowledge. That's the nature of life. Is that there are no absolutes. Just because somebody told me that doesn't make it the truth. You notice it. You call it. That's just one of those least action pathways. You interrupt it and you create consciously In that moment, what is my intent right now for this relationship, for this relational field with the person who told me, my mother told me every day I was a, right? I want to
2: tell you something here. I actually, what I'm thinking of when you're talking was the fact that I I lived inside of a very restricted, horrifying reality for many years. And um, back when I was in my 30s, I actually had something called MDMA. Do you know what that is?
1: No, I don't. What is it? Ecstasy. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. I was is.
2: given ecstasy, actually, it, in those days, it was legal. Really? And I was, I wow. Was, oh, yeah, back in the early 80s. What was it used
1: it, for legally? It,
2: it was used for for giving people the opportunity to have a different reality. MDMA was, is, is joy minus one molecule. And you mm-hmm. have to be careful with it because it takes stuff from your system. It's a chemical But what it also does is it gives you a different reality. And so we had groups. We were working, I think it was clinical psychologists or something like that, and we would be in groups. And what happens is that when people are experienced in the biochemistry of joy, because all the different feelings are biochemical, they see things entirely different. And it was like I had an idea that people saw me and treated me in a certain way and i was reacted in a certain way and i looked at the world through those eyes and then after this experience with ecstasy it was um i was amazed i i just saw everything totally differently i saw it comfortably i talked to people differently i actually remember diane sending my mother a mother's day card and my mother called me up and said what happened to you, dear?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it was like I had I had taken this um, substance in this group, and then it, Mother's Day was coming up, and I had gone out, and I had picked out a Mother's Day card for her. And she said, It's the sweetest, most wonderful thing you've ever sent me. What have you been doing?
1: To which you replied.
2: Um, to which I replied, getting in touch with how I really feel about you. Yeah, that
1: because was Because I good. had
2: so many different things that had occurred in my life that gave me a distorted view of who my mom really was. And on that day, I went out and picked a card that was coming from the space you're describing.
1: Yes. Okay, and that's you a see genuine what you, space. What you did is you, and, you know, this is known, I, I, I know you know also in neuroscience where, well, first of all, you in, you opened up these, you know, automatic neural connections let's call it pathways i'm sure with the mdma and you can do that by just noticing a least action pathway and you know in my way of saying it you can do it many ways you can do it through meditation but the thing about it is you once you open that up you interrupt that it opens a whole other world of possibility <laughs>
2: And, you you know, that's how
1: uh, NLP works, too, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Oh, yeah. But what I'm talking about is when you take, and all of this stuff is good. So that is what we could say.
2: It gave me a view I never would have had. Um, I just wouldn't have seen it. I'd been in therapy. I had just done all kinds of things. So after that, I decided that what I would do is, I was doing radio back in those days, and I took a half a tab of ecstasy every day to see if my radio show changed. Well, I became totally related to my audience in a way that I had never been related to Right. Before. It's the
1: love drug, right? That's
0: yeah, the song. and then it's I like, stopped. Oh my God. I didn't, I love I didn't want so to
2: keep doing that because, first of all, it's a chemical, but it taught me something. It, it taught me that the world will respond to what I give to it and what I take yeah. back from it, That's and that it. was invaluable.
1: That's the observer effect. So when you start to learn these quantum principles and they're integrated in the whole way that you think from, it's like you don't have to, you know, it's like what is quantum thinking, the system? It's like taking all of it, right, the energy fields, the, the consciousness, the resonance, you know, I don't talk about the law of attraction, because, <laughs> but it's in there, you know, because Fred Allen Wolf once told me, well, you know, that's not really a scientific term. You know, I, I try not to be trite. In my book, it's conversational. I try to make it a little bit funny. <laughs> Let's enjoy the this topic. What?
2: How did the Hicks fit into this? The what? The, what? the law of Abraham. Oh.
1: oh, the Hicks? Yeah. Well, I mean, all Has of these... they've been very the, successful. Yeah, but, but because... This is hitting on the uh natural principles, so let's say, when some people in our culture, you know, when you were uh I heard you talking to the art of creation person, and and the thing about it is that, and you said, you know how a lot of people think this is all la la. Well, the reason people think all of this is la la. Or the Abraham Hicks, or you know, uh, channeling, or you know, the uh, the crea- these creation principles, the manifestation principles, is because, as I said earlier, our entire educational system is based on the scientific worldview that said only physical matter is real. It's oriented around the five senses. We don't specifically learn what I call the natural faculties of mind. The power of observation, that is what we hold in our awareness, is one of the natural faculties of mind that actually creates our experience, our reality, the resonant factor, which means what we magnetize and draw toward us. So I'm explaining things in a little bit different way and putting it all together for people. And I actually say in my book, you know, if you think this is New Age hooey, you know, forget it. You're, 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 we're way beyond that. There's so much science to prove all of this. So when you say, well, what about the Abraham Hicks? It's like all of it said, like, you know, years ago, someone was in one of our, we used to do teleseminar programs. Sometimes we still do where we're, you know, learning, people are learning quantum sync while they're actually producing a, quote, intended quantum result, you know, something they wouldn't uh-huh, ordinarily uh-huh. do. And somebody wrote to me and they said, you know, they read, he goes, well, I am so glad I did this because I just read, this was the time when Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, that was, I guess, oh, yeah. his first book, came out. He says, I never would have understood it if I didn't do your course. In quantum thinking. So it's a question of people when they read any of this or the secret, right? Where, uh, again, I mentioned into Do You Quantum Think, you know, it, I don't know, 50 million people bought it, but it infuriates people. Why? Because they're still stuck in the cultural least action pathway of old worldview thinking that says, this is not how reality works, except the, pro- the science of the last hundred years has proven this is how re- reality works. Max Planck, the father of quantum physics, has a famous statement that he wrote, that every, there is no matter as such. This comes back full circle, right, to Al- Albert Einstein. What was he saying? E equals MC squared. Even though in the physical domain we experience through our perceptual, ordinary five senses, we perce- experience things as solid, you know, I guess, you know, whatever, infinite mind created things this way, otherwise we'd be, where would we be? Disembodied spirit or something. But, we're, you know, but we know that under the high-powered microscope, Nothing is solid and fixed; it's mostly empty space, and it's just very, very, very slow, very, very dense, and that's what we call matter, but it's actually energy. This is what mm. Einstein was saying is that they're in they're controvertible. Well, for human beings, you know my thing in my book is, well, okay, that's all nice, but what does it mean to us because for me, if you can't apply <laughs> the science, you know the, a lot of these they get annoyed because people like me or somebody, you know, they're like, oh, you know, you they're trying to take these things and put them into the new thought movement and all this, you know, all this old worldview kind of limited thinking that they say about it. But why can't we? If I had this revelation that the worldview is shaping the whole way we relate to reality and how we think and, and therefore our results and what we're Go back to what you said, C.W., about let's become more effective. Okay, you don't like the masterful word? How about just <laughs> getting more effective? Doesn't that That's, sound a
2: little easier than masterful? Yeah, well, people, I like
1: mastering. You know, well, I look well, at Roger I, yeah, but Federer. You are. Right? You you are.
2: I mean, anytime you've written a book like the book that you've written and you're having the thoughts like that, that you've had, you spent years becoming a master in it. I'm thinking of people who are going. What are they talking about? And I'm I'm curious. Well, first of all, I want to make sure we get two things covered before the end of the program because we're nearing that space right now. Are you familiar with the Course in Miracles?
1: I am familiar with it. I never. Okay, I taught I never that took course.
2: It? Pardon? Oh, you did?
1: No, I never I taught took that it, but I'm very familiar year. with it. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And what happened was, I I. <laughs> I got together a group of people that had all gone firewalking, that had all taken the S6 day course, and that committed to doing that book for a year. And I don't fully know how it all happened, but I will tell you that each one of us would report to you, Diane, that if we didn't have three to five miracles a day, that we, we were off course, <laughs> that we hadn't and focused our thinking.
1: And you that, see... That was the observer effect.
2: That totally was, and it was—it's very interesting because every day you had a short thing that you that you read, and um, you basically reprogrammed your thinking into something that was more generous than what we tend to believe. But I've been—you—you made allusion to it, and I'm just aching to hear what twenty-one plus one is, and I wanted to make sure we heard that before the end of the show. And I mean, why also do I call it
1: twenty-one pardon? plus one?
2: Yeah. You mean, why
1: do I call it that?
2: No, what is it?
1: <laughs> oh, no, no. The 21 plus 1, they're in the quantum thing system. See, my book, Do You Quantum Thing? New Thinking That Will Rock Your World. <laughs> my publisher says I have to always mention that.
2: That do, I forget you,
1: that part, right? Uh, well, let's, before,
2: <laughs> before we forget it at the end, let's tell people that they can go to diannecollins.com, which is d i a n n e. C-O-L-L-I-N-S dot com and check it out and she's a beautiful lady. You'll see her right there and she's got a lot of good stuff on her site and also her book and also, C.W., if we don't say something more about Jason Winter tea, they're not going to get how remarkable it is.
0: Well, Jason Winner's tea would be perfect to have when you sit down to read Diane's book and you might want to brew a couple of cups because I think you're going to be reading this book again. <laughs> In fact, I was thinking about uh, uh the book as I'm drinking here and I'm thinking as good as this book it sounds I haven't read it yet but it seems like I might need a little more help do you have Diane a like a, a video that can be watched do you have any support group or any type of Study help or anything? Yes, I that... do.
1: As a matter of fact, boy, are you intuitive. You're, you're amazing, <laughs> and I wish I had that tea right now. I'm getting, and I'm getting that. Yeah, I've sold on the, pro, the other, the pro Landon or whatever. Well,
2: we also need to mention they get a free book. If they send me an email at val at we will send them Sir Jason Winters' story. And this guy is just like off the charts remarkable across the board. He was dying of cancer, and then he wasn't.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic.
2: So we have a free book for you if you'll send us your um, your address and put "I want um, Jason Sir Jason's book." We will pop you one off at absolutely no charge. So there you go. I that's just wanted to make sure that was covered because um, it's so important and people know how close they are to having exactly what they want.
1: Good. We'll, and I want I want to answer CW your question. We we my husband Alan Collins who is a strategic. Quantum thing consultant, and you know we we have anyway. That's another story. But we do private consulting for leaders and executives and uh, visionary leaders, global initiatives. Who who really we need to think in a new way. That's a whole another show, right, Val?
2: Yeah, you bet. We, you know who do. would be on that show with you is Gene Houston.
1: Yeah, I would love to be with Gene Houston on that show. Now, so the the um, what I was going to say is twice a month. First and third Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we give a free teleconference. That's by phone and web, if you want to connect by web anywhere in the world. And... It's called Ultimate Study Group. I call it Ultimate Study Group because it's like you're with the author and the master <laughs> coach, Alan Collins, and everyone around the world. So, you know, what could be a better study group for readers of Do You Quantum Think? And we, if you sign up on my website, com, then uh, to join our list, mailing list, that's how it is right now. But anyway, you'll get all the... Uh, invitations to those and the announcements of it, and you'll get the replays. So even if you can't come at that time live and in person, where we do have an interactive where you can comment and, and ask us questions and whatever, you can listen to it. And also on my website, on the Ultimate Study Group page, there are all the uh, past sessions. So that really is where CW we're talking about this because the whole intent of how did this, you know, as I say, I didn't choose quantum thing, it chose me, that's also (laughs) another, you know, what comes through you and your purpose, but that it's to go from knowing the wisdom, and I mean universal wisdom, even teaching or coaching the wisdom to actually living it. Living the wisdom is what quantum thinking is all about and to do it instantaneously and easily and entertainingly because basically I based it on what I like, which is fun, right, entertainment, you know, uh, something that's, you know, hopefully, I re- you know, well-written okay, and something I can understand. Minute.
2: I I'm, We're running out of time and I still don't know what 21 plus 1 is.
1: Oh, 21 plus 1. The quantum think is a system of thinking of made up of twenty one principles and practices for the mind and awareness. The practices for the awareness is what has it you start I call it a recreation. it's amusing for your mind and it recreates the distinction in your life so the twenty one Are the 21 quantum think distinctions, and I call it the plus one because the last chapter in Do You Quantum Think is called Living Fully Dimensionally. So it's not technically part of the system, but it kind of wraps it all up because when you're quantum thinking, you are living fully dimensionally. You have an understanding and knowledge of how all the dimensions, physical, energetic, virtual of mind and consciousness, cosmic dimension of the operating principles of the universe. All of it. Very good. Very good. And so that's what the 21 plus one is. Oh, I knew it was important.
2: And we've got, you have a minute to wrap up saying what you would like to say, dear heart.
1: What I would like to say is that in our world Today, if you want to make life easier for yourself and for the people around you, I'm inviting you to Quantum Think. I mean, I wrote the book. I'm not going to be embarrassed to say <laughs> I wrote the book so people would read it, and I okay, made it. Okay, very good.
2: And, Thank you, CW. Your, your wrap up, CW.
0: I just want to make sure our audience uh, understands the website, diancollins.com. And two I, minutes, I believe you can find the book there. And you uh, you talked about the ultimate study. You can go see that there, and I assume your video is there too.
1: Uh, there's a video or two. There will be more, and there's some other audios uh, there as well.
0: With the past past, uh, co- uh, I guess you call them conference calls, and yeah. you can gain information there too. Yeah, you can uh,
1: download it's everything.
0: It's and perfect. And I know it's, it's going to be a leap for me. And I'm going to need a little help. That's why I was asking about that because I didn't – the book is going to get me through it, but I'm still going to have more questions, and that's why I was asking about the studies. Good
2: job. I'm going to have to uh, wrap it up here for us. This program has been brought to you by Kirkgaard Media, our radio partners, coningcompany.com. Dr. James Murphy and Memoriam, com and doctors all spelled out. And we thank our producer, that wonderful voice you just heard talking, and our sponsor, C.W. Wright of EmergencyManagementSolutions.org, Sir Jason Winters T., Honest to Gosh, Sir Jason, thank you for doing that, L.A. Lifestyle, and ProTandon. Uh, go to our website at wakingupinamerica.com, and you'll see our sponsors are all listed on the right-hand side of the page. And for people that don't understand it, you just click on them, and then that takes you to the link. That link takes you to seconds. where you, you can find out more. A big thank you to our team at Voice America, Jeff Spinard, Nathan Jett, Brad Comer, and our friends at Cumulus Radio, Mike Vitali, who you just heard, and Ron Simon. Thank you, Ron 30. Hayes, for being a great research assistant. Merci beaucoup to Bent Meigen for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People next week invite a friend to listen write us at wakingupinamerica.com and remember Sidious Altius Fortius and do a mitzvah today that's French for give someone a boost thanks for listening mm-hmm.
0: And you're not crazy anymore You've thank you for joining us today anymore. for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com, and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com.
1: This is for you, through. Now your heart is.